0: Everyone, how's everyone doing this morning? Amazing. Um, if y'all will stand, we're gonna enter into
1: worship. Before we enter in, we're gonna pray, and then the lovely mama washington will lead us this morning. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to praise your name. We are so grateful that we get to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, I ask, Lord, as you hear us and see us lifting up our praises to you would it be a sweet aroma a sweet fragrance unto you but I ask for every single heart every single mind every single person that enters in those doors God I ask so that they would not leave in the same way that they came but would they come with revelation of the living God would they come with revelation of knowing that they have met with you that they have heard your words God I ask for every heart that needs to be comforted would you comfort him I ask for every person that needs encouragement would you encourage them this morning and this morning as we are going to be hearing about being trained in godliness god i ask lord that we would also be challenged lord to dig deeper into your word dig deeper into relationship with you lord so that we might be about kingdom business that's in jesus name i pray amen Amen. Amen. All right. We are coming together to give God praise. Who has a praise for the Lord this week? This week was rough. It was whatever it is, but God is still worthy of praise. Amen. So let's lift our voices with this wonderful old song. And I need to hear the hand clapping. I want to see the praise going up for this uh, wonderful God that kept us. Another week, and we are here for another Sunday. Amen? Amen. All right. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I
2: love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to
3: praise his name. Oh, oh. I love
2: to praise his- Holy name I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise him. I love to praise
1: praise
2: his name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. Oh -oh. I love to to praise his Holy name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise oh, I love to praise his name. I love to praise his holy name. For he's my He's my rock, my rock, my rock, my, rock, my, rock, my, my sword and shield. He's my wheel he's my wheel. In the middle, In of, the middle of, of the wheel I know he'll never, I know he'll never ever let me down. Never let me down. He's just a jewel, he's just a that I, that I have. hallelujah,
4: hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love to praise his name. Oh
2: hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
4: I love love
2: to praise his name. Oh Hallelujah. 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 I love to praise his name. Oh I love to praise his holy name. For he's my my rock, my rock, my rock, my rock, my sword and shield He's my wheel, he's my wheel. Middle In of the, middle the wheel of the wheel. I know he'll never I know he'll never, never, never let me die. Never let me die
4: Jesus the Jew He's just
2: a jewel
4: that I have. That oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah!
2: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, I love to praise His name. name. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah! 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 I love to praise His name. Oh, hallelujah! 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 I love to, to praise His, his name. Oh, 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 I love to praise His. name. Holy name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise his name. I love to praise praise his name. I love to praise praise his holy name. For he's my rock. He's my rock my rock my rock, my rock, my rock, my rock, my sword and shield. He's my wheel. He's my wheel. Middle, of the, middle, middle of, of the wheel of the wheel. I know he'll never I know, know. he'll never, never never let me down. Never let me yeah. down. He's just a jewel. He's just a jewel that I have. That down. I Hallelujah 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 I love to praise his name Oh Hallelujah 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 Halleluja. I love to praise his name Oh, oh, oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah 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 Oh I love to praise his name Oh, oh, oh I love to praise I love to I love to pray in the morning. I love to pray in the noonday. I love to pray in the night hour. I love to pray for strength him. and power I love to pray I'm good I love to pray when it's bad. A- I love to praise worthy I love to praise, him. I love to praise I love to pray I love to I love to praise his holy name
5: amen praise the lord praise the lord i was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the lord is anybody glad to be in church this morning whether you're glad or even a little bit sad you are in the right place at the right time so while you're standing turn and greet your neighbor and encourage them and let them know that they are in the right place today so greet one another. (laughs) <laughs> amen amen you all may take your seats now well good morning good morning ARC and welcome to our guest I'm Pastor Dennis one of four pastors here at Anacostia River Church and uh, along with Pastor Tim Pastor Tabidi and Pastor Tunde we welcome you we're glad that you came and worship with us so the reason we exist the reason we're in this neighborhood is to glorify God by making disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ from the four corners of the block to the four corners of the globe. That's who we are. That's why we exist. And um, you all can stick around and get to know us. And we'd love to get to know you as well. In fact, there'll be some snacks in the hallway uh, just so that we can enjoy the fellowship of one another. Amen. All right. Now to our announcements. I think they begin there on page 14. First, we'll talk about grief share. Grief Share is a support group and a fellowship where folks can come together. Um, how many know that grieving is a process? And sometimes it's a long process, but it's a process that you don't have to do by yourself. So there's an opportunity for us to gather on Tuesday evenings at 730 and meet up at Pastor Beatty's house. Um, the address is there in the bulletin. If you need more information, you can see Pastor T or our sister Joya for more information. So grief shares for all those who have experienced the death of a loved one recently or who have experienced the death of a loved one and haven't grieved properly. So all are welcome to that. Uh, also, as a point of prayer and as a heads up on Thursday, October 20th, that's the correct date, October 20th. This will be our next members meeting. We'll meet at 7 p.m. at Capitol Hill Baptist Church. So be in prayer for our time together as we gather and we discuss the important matters of the church. And on the following day, on October 21st, is our new members orientation, Friday, October 21st. I think there's a QR code in there. That link is incorrect. So um, if you need to register, you can contact Abby at admin at AnarchostiaRiverChurch.org. Or you can see me after service. I have the corrected QR code. But again, that is for those who uh, desire to be members of the church. Um, But if you attend, you're not obligated to be members of the church. So in other words, you just come and hear what the church is about and um, our philosophy of ministry and so forth, um, just to kind of come and and learn about that. But it is also another way. It is a requirement to become a member. Amen. All right. So all the other announcements are there on page 10 to 14. uh, So you can check those out at your convenience. So let's quiet our hearts as we prepare for worship. Have you ever been thirsty before but couldn't find water? In Psalm 42, the psalmist gives an analogy, an illustration of his desire to be with God because he knows that only God can satisfy, only God can restore, and only God can strengthen the soul. Psalm 42, verse 2 says, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come? and appear before God? When shall I come and appear before God? It's a good question. For those who have found their hope and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can appear at any time and at any place. We can approach his throne of grace in our time of need and there find mercy and grace that will satisfy our souls. So throughout our service today, consider two questions. What is your source? And what are you after? What is your source? And where are you looking? The next song is a testimony of someone who has searched all over and only found his satisfaction in God. So join me in standing as we continue to worship the Lord and sing. It.
0: amen, amen. Amen. How many people have searched in so many different places and
1: found that, man, these are just empty wells. These are just empty wells. They run dry, but I know a fountain of living water that never runs dry. Does anyone else know that fountain? the chorus says he's fairer than the sons of man chief among ten thousand that means he's there's no one like him in beauty there's no one like him in his grandeur he is clothed in light yes he's clo- whatever Same. god do you know it's clothed in light and yet will come down to talk to you yes. there's only one the living god amen And I could search the whole world through. Come on. And I could search the heavens too. That I was find that only you satisfy me. I
6: would say I could search. And I could search the whole world through.
1: You are cheaper
2: than ten thousand.
1: You are fairer than right to him. You
6: are.
1: You're fairer
2: than the sons of men. You're cheaper than
1: I say, you're the glory and the lifter of my head. I lift my eyes up. I lift my eyes up. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. I lift my eyes up. I lift my eyes up. Help me sing.
3: You're the glory and the
1: lifter of
2: my
1: head I lift my eyes
2: up I lift my eyes up You're the glory You're the glory and the lifter of my head I lift my eyes up I lift my eyes up You're the glory You're the glory and the lifter of my head I lift my eyes up, I lift my eyes up, you're the glory and the lifter of my head. I lift my eyes up, I
3: lift my eyes up, to you, oh, to you. Home oh, to you, you. are fairer. You're fairer
2: than the sons of men. Chief of mountains, you are chief of Moncton. Fair, you're fairer than the
1: sons of men. Cheap among ten thousand, you are cheaper among ten thousand. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap. Let's praise Him this morning. There is no one like him, none in heaven, Mm. none on earth, none below the earth, none can compare to him. It's Christ and Christ alone. It's Christ and Christ alone. He is our chief cornerstone. There's no one like him. There's no other name by which we are saved on heaven, on earth. It's just him. It's Jesus. That's it. That's That's it. That's That's it. So let's just say thank you. Let's just say thank you, Lord. He didn't have to come and robe himself in flesh, but he did he did. So we're going to continue to sing these songs in Christ alone, Cornerstone. Let's just reflect on that truth
0: of the cross, the truth of salvation. (laughs) Thank
6: <laughs> Christ alone My hope is found
2: He is my life, I train my song This cornerstone, This solid ground Firm through the fiercest drown and storm What heights of love, what depths, what depths of peace When fears are still When sees. My comforter,
3: my, comforter, all, my in all, in all, in all in
2: all, here in the love of Christ I
3: stand.
2: There in the ground his body lay Light of the world by darkness slain, burst and in bursting forth in glorious day, day, up from the grave he rose again, as he stands, and as he stands in victory, since curse,
3: since curse has lost his grip on me, for
2: I for am, I am his, he and is he my, is mine. With the blood, blood with the precious blood of Christ No guilt, no, no guilt, guilt tonight, tonight. No fear no in life No fear in death
4: This is the power. This is the power
2: of Christ in me From life first Christ Till final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power, no power in hell, no,
4: no schemes of
2: men. Scheme Can, Can ever blow me from Be his from hands. His till he till returns, He, he calls, me, calls home. me home. Here in the power, in in the the power, power. of
4: Christ I stand. Here we go, no guilt. No, no guilt,
2: guilt in life,
4: no fear, in,
2: no fear death. in death. This is the power. This is the power of Christ. In me from lies from lies first, Christ. No, no I no Jesus commence. Jesus commence my destiny. No power no in hell. Hell, hell, no scheme of man. No power,
7: no power of hell, no
2: schemes no of scheme man. No power in hell, no schemes of man can ever pluck. Can never pluck me from, from his till he returns, till he returns, he calls, or me, calls home. me home
6: here in, here in the
2: power of Christ. I stand Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak, made strong in the same
6: love
2: through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. Can we sing that again. Sing Christ, Christ, Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak made strong, weak made strong. In the Savior's love, through the storm,
3: He
6: is Lord, Lord of all.
8: My hope is built on nothing less. In Jesus' blood
2: And
8: righteousness
2: I dare not trust I dare not trust The
8: sweetest rain. But holy trust In Jesus' But holy trust
2: In Jesus' Let's do that again So my hope is built My hope is built On nothing left In Jesus' blood In Jesus' blood And righteousness I dare not Trust I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But holy trust in Jesus. But holy trust in, Jesus. In, Jesus name. in Christ alone. Christ alone, cornerstone, Cornerstone. Cornerstone. the weak is made strong, strong. in the Savior's love, through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of
8: all, when darkness seems to hide his face,
4: when darkness seems to hide his face. I rest
8: on his unchanging grace. I rest on his
4: unchanging grace. And every high
2: and stormy again. Every
3: high and stormy again. My anchor
2: holds within. My anchor
3: holds within. Let's do that
2: again. Seems. when darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his, grace. Rest on his unchanging grace in every high and in every so stormy day, yeah. my anchor holds within my anchor holds within the bed. Christ alone Christ alone, Christ alone. On us He makes the weak strong Through the sage as angels sing Through it all through He is Lord He is He's Lord of all Alone. He holds us all Wonder together. Stone. He makes the weak strong. strong. in, in the Savior's, Savior's love through the storm.
3: He is Lord, Lord, of Lord. All.
2: When He shall come. With trumpet sound. Amen. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone,
6: faultless to stand before the throne. Let's do that again. When he shall come with trumpet
2: sounds, oh may I then in him be found, trust in his righteousness in his right, alone,
4: faultless
2: to stand before the throne. We're just going to pause here
8: for a second. Because I really, really want us to 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 not move past these words. Um, so whatever you need to do, just if we could just look at these lyrics one one time and look at how it says, when he comes with trumpet sound, when he comes in victory, mm-hmm. could we be found in him, close to him, in his presence, near to him, not dressed in our own works? Mm-hmm. Dressed in his righteousness, his mercy, his grace, his love, his holiness. He's When the father looks at us, he sees Jesus. That is such a beautiful thing um, to just be able to to resonate with and to sit with. So just want us to sit with that and um, come into it again. And then we'll move through the rest of the song. But it's just good. It's just good. All right, church, let's lift that up together. When he shall
2: come. When he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness in His right, justness alone. We stand faultless, faultless we stand before the throne. Christ alone, Christ alone, Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak made strong In the same of Through the storm He is our Lord of all See Christ alone Christ alone Cornerstone we may strong in the same love through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all Sing, through, the storm, through the storm, through the storm, through the storm, through the storm, he is Lord, Lord, of all. through the trial, through the Sink through, through, through the storm He is Lord, Lord
8: of all One more time, just the voice is Christ alone,
2: Christ alone Cornerstone, weak made strong In the Savior's love through the storm, he is Lord,
1: Lord of all. Amen. 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 Y'all will stay
0: standing for the pastoral prayer. Christ alone the cornerstone. This is the stone that was laid in Zion. Chosen and honored. This is the same stone that the builders rejected and now has become the cornerstone. The chief cornerstone that whoever believes in him, whoever trusts him, shall not be ashamed. Rather than being ashamed, his or her sins will be forgiven. His or her sins will be covered. This is the cornerstone. Jesus
6: Christ, our Lord, who has saved us, he is worthy. Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you, we can come to you Because you have saved us.
0: Because you have called us your own. So we come to you as children. Because now you are our father. In coming to you, father, we give praise to you. We praise you for who you are. For what you do. We praise you because you are almighty.
6: There's none like you. There's none but you. You alone are God. Father,
0: you know that we have so many needs, too many to even count. And before we approach you this morning, you already knew what's on our heart. You know already where the shoe is pinching
6: us. You know where we feel pain. You know where we're so disturbed.
0: Like sometimes but the turn of things in our lives
6: and in this there's nothing that we can hide from you lord we trust you we know that you love to show your kindness to us we
0: pray this morning that you will deliver us from whatever it is that's a problem to us whether we're struggling financially whether we're struggling mentally, whether we're struggling with some kind of sin, oh Lord God Almighty, deliver us. We want to follow you with a clear mind, with honesty, not deceiving ourselves, but laying ourselves there for you to see and work on us. Gracious Father, we pray for those among us who may be sick of one disease or the other, that, Lord, you bring healing to them. We pray for women in our midst who are pregnant. Lord, keep them healthy, O Lord. Lord. And when it is time for them to deliver, let them deliver without complications. Thereby, all of us can rejoice together with them. Father, we pray for this country. We pray for our government. We pray for people in high places. Father, please bring to them a clarity of mind for them to know what they are doing, for them to know that whatever it is that they do, it is because of the people. So, Father, let them be people, men and women, who will stand for righteousness, who will stand for justice. Precious Father, we don't know what pain they themselves might be going through. We pray, Lord, that in your mercy, you will relieve them of such pains in their lives
6: so that they can concentrate on doing government well for the sake of the people. Gracious Father, we have many ministries in this church, from praise
0: and worship, to sound, to children's ministry, and all other ministries and leaders who are getting close to your congregation to care for them. We pray that you would strengthen them you will let your power be revealed to your congregation through them. Precious Father, we submit ourselves to you to lead and guide the way you choose. Only, Father, let us be humble enough to obey you to walk in the path that you have laid out for us, the path of righteousness and godliness. Let us be careful to follow you. Father, let us be able to do this with joy, knowing that we're not doing it to win salvation from you. You have already saved us. We're doing this in response to please you, to show, Father, that we are grateful for the work that you have done in us and you're still doing. Father, help us to look to you, to look to your son, Jesus Christ, as our hope in all that we do, where some kind of sin seems to be having victory over us. Father, please turn that around. Let Christ be our hope. Let us gain victory over whatever sin any kind of sin, whatever it might be, Lord, so that we will truly be a people prepared for the Son, Jesus Christ. Gracious Father, as you lead us in worship this morning, touch our hearts. As we hear your word, touch our hearts. Let us be mindful of the fact that you require of us godliness. And when we hear the preacher talk about talks about um, uh, godliness this morning, let us listen. Prepare our heart, O oh Lord. And after that, let us be able to follow you in all holiness, in all purity of heart. Lord,
6: with his faith
0: that is pure, Thank you, Lord. You already know our hearts. Even the things that we have not asked for, you already know, and you already give them to us. In this, we praise you.
6: We lift up your holy name. Thank you, Father. In Christ Jesus' name. Let me pray for the offering. Heavenly
0: Father, thank you for blessing us with all kinds of things. Thank you for feeding us. Thank you for watching over us. come as a matter of obedience, to give to you. Remind us, Father, that when we give to the church, we are giving to you. We pray, O Lord, that you will lead your church in the right stewardship of what is given today so that your name may be honored, so that your name
6: may be glorified. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: We're going to sing one more song, Come now, Fountain of Our Blessing.
1: We're going to sing a little bit differently than what you guys are maybe normally used to. So as the offering goes by, the little buckets, they're not buckets, but thank you, the little bags as they go by, we're going to stand up one more time. So as it goes by, you stand up and then we're going to sing the song together.
2: Come, Thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing Thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnets sung by flaming tongues above. Praise thy mount, I'm fixed upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. Come thou fount, come thou fount of every blessing. To my heart to sing thy grace. To my heart to sing thy grace. Dreams
6: of mercy
3: never
2: streams Dreams of mercy never cease. Sing, call for songs of loudest praise. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me, teach me, teach me, God. Teach me some melodious Sunday. By flaming, tongues flaming tongues above, praise the mountain fixed upon, it. The mount and fix upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love, mount of thy redeeming love. here I my Ebenezer,
9: here I raise
2: my Ebenezer. Right. Hither by thy help I come. Hither by thy help I come. And I hope by thy good pleasure. And I hope by thy good pleasure. Safely to arrive at home. Safely to arrive at home. Jesus saw me when I was I stranger. Me wandering from the foundry from the fold of God he to rescue me from he danger he to rescue me from danger into his precious blood interposed his precious blood oh to grace how great a debtor. oh to grace how great a terror I'm constrained to daily be. I'm constrained to be let thy goodness like a feather, like my wandering heart to thee. my wandering heart to thee. Bound to wander, Lord, I I'm bound to, to wander, Lord, I feel it. Bound to leave the God I love. to leave the God I love. Hear my heart, O oh, take and seal hear it. my heart, O take Seal it, seal it for the courts above, it for the courts above. Oh, oh, the days oh that day free from sinning I shall see yeah. thy lovely face Clothed and then in blood washed in water water blood how I'll sing thy sovereign grace! How I'll sing thy sovereign grace! Take my ransom, Lord, no, no longer tarry, no longer tarry long. Take my ransom, soul away. Send thine angels now to send thine angels now to carry. Meet me to realms of endless, day. Me to realm of endless day. Take my ransom, Lord, come. Take my Lord no longer Lord, carry. Take my ransom soul away. Take my ransom soul Send angels now can thine angels now to carry me, me to realms of, of endless day? To realms day, 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 of endless day. 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 Take me, Lord. Endless day. Days. Endless day. Take me, Lord, and this day, 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 and this day. Day.
0: Endless
6: day. day. Endless day. Endless
10: day. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Would you pray with me? Indeed, Lord, we long for those endless days. We long for that kingdom of light where there is no darkness, no night. For you, God, and the lamb are the son of that place. We long for your angels to come, to shout, to blow the trump. We long for Christ to yell and raise the dead,
0: gather the living. We long for your eternal kingdom. Will there be no more hunger, only satisfaction? we pray, Lord, no longer tarry. Come quickly. Come
10: quickly and gather your bride, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. A couple things before we turn to God's word this morning. um, You may or may not have noticed, but um, the building was a little late opening this morning, and so we had some people hustling, the ushers and greeters, the sound team, the praise team, um, just really doubling up, doing double time in order to get us ready for this morning. So if you came this morning and you had a chair and you had a bulletin and you had all the things you take for granted, know that there's some people working behind the scenes and we don't notice. And so we want to give God praise. Give God praise for them this morning. God praise you this morning. Also, if you need a Bible, just raise your hands this morning. Uh, the ushers are prepared to uh hand you a Bible. There's one up front, a couple of up front here, uh Sister Jen. Uh keep them up so they can see your hands. Uh, you'll need this in a little bit as we go through God's word. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you want to go ahead and turn there. If you don't own a Bible, that's our gift to you. Tasha, you own a Bible. You get that back. All right. <laughs> that's our that's our gift to you. Uh take it, write your name in it read it daily. Uh, let the Lord speak, speak to you. If you ever want to hear from God, just open his word. Uh, he speaks through his word most clearly. And so we, we would like nothing more than to give you the gift of God's voice this morning. Uh, Church family, a couple other um, ministry opportunities that are going on. I want to make you aware of. I want to first invite uh, my sister Ashley to come on up. Y'all welcome, Ashley. Um, talk about a couple things here.
9: Hey, so it's October 9th today, and I guess I can't do math, but 21 days from now, it is what holiday? Halloween. Okay. And some of us celebrate that and our Christian freedom and love that, and some of us are like, no, don't want that. Um, Whether you fall, you can dismiss yourself from this announcement, or you can embrace it. It's up to you. So um a couple of years ago, I was in a... um a a program called Downline. And we were told, uh, we moved into neighborhoods and they were like, Hey, what if you thought differently about Halloween? And I was like, tell me more. Um, and so they were like, you know, what if you saw it as an opportunity? It's the only time that your neighbors are going to come knock on your door versus you trying to meet them. And what if you saw that as an opportunity for outreach? And they encouraged us to actually plan ahead. And they were like, Hey, you should like, you want to be the best house on the block. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And some people literally like went all out, turned the side of their house into like, um, a movie theater, use it, a projector screen, set out hay bales, let kids come and families come and sit and do that. That's a lot. But if you want to do that, we encourage it, go for it. Uh, but other people were just like, okay, how do we just put some intentionality around it? What what feeling do we want kids and families to feel as they come to our house to um, to interact with us? And so they encouraged us to think of outreach as a long game and not necessarily a short game. And so it wasn't like what I don't want you to hear. I mean, if the Lord tells you to do this by all means, but If he doesn't, don't. Um, (laughs) I don't want you to hear like every kid that comes to me, I have to like stop them and give them a track, walk them through the track and give them bad candy. Um, We don't want to do that. Uh, You can if the Lord instructs you to do that. But also just wanting that interaction to be meaningful of, man, what if this is a time for me to learn my neighbor's names in ways that I might not have uh, before? Or, Or what if this is a time? I know I talked to somebody in the neighborhood recently that said, they wanted to have like a fall festival or wanted to have like a barbecue. And it was like, what if we use this as a time to inner, like invite our neighbors to come over even for dinner or um, to say, hey, like, I would love to get coffee with you sometime or whatever have you. I, I want you guys to be free to to think and imagine. Uh, and I also want you to email me this week uh, your ideas, because next week what we want to do is have almost a list of, of ideas for people to think from and choose from. Some of us are really creative. Some of us struggle in that area. And so why don't we be a family and help each other? Uh, sounds good. And so email those to me. That's one thing I want you to think about. And then the other thing is some of you may be hearing this and being like, man, like people don't really come to my house for, for Halloween or maybe I live in the dorms or maybe I live in an apartment where they don't allow trick-or-treating, but you still want to be involved. Um, we want to make opportunities for you. And so if you're a family or not even just a family, if you are someone who has a home that you're planning to do something and you would want some help, I want you to email me as well. Tell me how many people you're willing to host that can actually help you and be on your team. And then I'll have that sign up next week as well. So if you're in college and you're just like, man, I would love to go trick-or-treating with a family or I would love to, uh, I know the Jimmy Bawans are, <laughs> Daniel's like, what are we doing? Uh, um, Coley told me that they're going to be passing out candy with their kiddos. Well, there's four kids. And so how about you go sit and hang out with them for um, just an evening? And that's an opportunity for you to get to know one another as members, uh, but also to get to do something well for the community as well. So if you have questions, um, come see me. Also, lastly, if you're like, I don't live in Southeast, but I would really like to help some neighbors that live in Southeast to reach their neighbors. Come see us because this is a perfect opportunity for somebody to say, hey, like, Ashley, I know you live in Southeast, but you are a single woman that lives by yourself. Can I, as a male, come help you meet some of your male neighbors and make some of those relationships? The answer is yes. And so... um, there are just plenty of opportunities. I want you to prayerfully think about what those are and maybe what God is calling you to. Uh, the last thing I say, I'll i say is give out good candy, y'all. Um, you don't want to, you, you know, when you were a kid, you was like, we love that house. They get out the big candy bars. Or, you know, they, they let us, I know Miss Christie is like, you can have five pieces. And they're like, oh, I get to choose my five pieces. And so give out good candy, do fun things um, and see it as an opportunity. The last thing, um, I know I said that was the last thing, but Even if it's a group me opportunity where you're like, I just want to get my neighbor's phone number so we can start a group me in our neighborhood and that be one step. So again, think long, long haul of these people live right next door to you. And so this can just be an introduction. And so email me what you're thinking. Um, Email me if you are willing to be a host family. Uh, And next week we'll have a sign up and also a list of compiled things that you can do. So that's all. Thank you.
10: And um, also, another ministry opportunity is coming up. Um, our brother Isang is he in here? Isang, is that you? Come on up, brother. Y'all, welcome Isang. You're supposed to come down like this. The price is right, brother. Come on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Excellent, man. Your microphone right there. Um, so you you're you're got something happening. Is that this week? I'm glad you told me. I'm glad you what you what you got going on this week, brother. Getting married this week. Amen. 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 <laughs> and who are you marrying this week?
11: Miss Zenas Tony Okalawan.
10: All right. All right. Excellent. And Zenas isn't here this morning. Is she already at the altar? Is she waiting on you at the altar? What's going on? She's just
11: chilling there till Thursday till I get
10: there. Amen. Amen. So Thursday this week, you and Zenas are getting married. Praise God. Um, tell us, brother... Um, Yeah, what happens after that? Yeah, some other sort of life changes happening for you and Zenas.
11: Yeah, so a couple weeks after we get married, we will be moving to Atlanta.
10: Yeah, so you you lost us there, right? We were like, we was all happy, then we were like, ah, nah, boo, 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 boo. yay for the wedding, boo for the move. Uh, So moving a couple weeks after um, the wedding, moving to Atlanta, what takes you to Atlanta?
11: Uh, just planting a new flag. Um, we've both lived in PG County our whole lives. Um, her family's here, my family's here, so we're just like, um, try something new. Amen. Let's go new.
10: amen. That sounds like you're running away from family. That's not, yeah. it. You're, That's you're, not it. You're running to new opportunities, right. a new chapter, and things like right. that. Uh, amen. Uh, give us a couple of ways that we can pray for you guys, brother.
11: Um, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for everybody who, who has already been praying for us. Um, all the texts, all the messages, all the random instagram messages and sports clips and (laughs) new albums everything um we appreciate y'all um pastor d tarsha we kind of started this um journey with y'all pre-engagement counseling that meant a lot to us um so thank you and so just pray that we will be um you know joyous in these next few days pray for um my mom because she's stressing me out it's a lot going on. Uh, so pray for our parents that they'll be chill and relax and they'll take it easy and you know, remind them that we are getting married, not Amen. them again. That's so,
10: right. That's right.
11: So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I Amen. appreciate
10: y'all. Hey man, we, we appreciate and love you all. Any practical ways we can help in terms of the move or things of that sort?
11: Yeah. So we'll have a few moving days. Um I'm not sure when, be like October 23rd or through the 25th or something like that. So we'll be sending out texts if anyone's available on those evenings to come on by, help us you know, load our trailer and stuff like that. Um, I'm giving away random things. She's giving away some stuff to so anyone who needs you know, some lightly used sneakers or computer monitors for work, things like that. I got some things laying around, so just let me know.
10: Did she tell you she was giving away things?
11: Yes, and I'm making a giving away some things too. So okay, because normally normally be
10: just sure. they just give it our stuff, brother. Yeah. You might be up for the okey doke on that yeah, one, brother. For sure. us Well, let's, uh, let's give God praise for Isang and Zenas. And uh, let's pray for them this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your good gifts. God, you give us such wonderful, rich gifts. You gave us Jesus, your son, and a kingdom along with him. And you've given us the good gift of marriage. And we thank you, Lord, for um, the gift of singleness. And we thank you for the ability to steward that by your grace and to enjoy that by your grace. And we thank you, Lord, for when you call us uh, out of that gift into another gift, into marriage. And we pray that you would give to Isang and Zenus all the joy their hearts could contain. We pray, O Lord, that your favor would wash over them um, like a waterfall. We pray that you would be continuing to prepare them in these next couple of days to exchange their vows and make their covenant commitment before you. And we pray that all the days of of dating and courting and and counseling, those were, Lord, in preparation, not for a ceremony, but for a lifetime. And so we just pray, lay a foundation for them in your word, uh, in the gospel, in Christ that they can stand on for decades to come. We pray that you would bless their transition to Atlanta. Uh, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would just go before them and, and and make room for them in every way, from a home to work to fellowship to a church community, uh, new friendships, Lord, uh, new routines, in all of that, Lord, go before them and provide for them. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for them. We pray for their families. We pray that moms and dads would be chill. We pray that moms and dads would fall back. Let let son and daughter um, rejoice in you and shine. We, we pray uh, that the family would learn to, to really just adjust the relationship as they become one flesh and to support them and encourage them without intruding upon them. Uh, Lord, give them grace to do that. Uh, We just rejoice and thank you for your good gifts. Bless our brother. Bless our sister. Keep them close to your heart, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you, brother. Bless you. All right, fam. Let's turn to God's word. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And before we think about our text for this morning, let me see if anyone used that extra week to memorize verses 1 to 5. 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 5. Anybody want to recite that for us this morning? Everybody looking down like they're looking in their Bible. Come on, look up. Make some eye contact. Anybody? All right. Well, see, that the week off did to you what it did to me. You You fall out of rhythm, right? You start doing other things. So, okay. Next week, verses 1 to 10, okay? First Timothy chapter four, verses one to 10, let's all commit to memorizing uh, all of that or at least part of that as the Lord gives us grace. Let me pray for the word. Father, speak to us from your word, we pray. Open our hearts and our minds uh, to learn from you this morning. Grant us, O oh Lord, faith as we hear your word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And grant to us wisdom, You promised if we lacked it and asked for it, you would give it and not hold back. And so we pray, Lord, give us faith, give us wisdom, give us hope, give us understanding, give us everything we need for life and godliness as we look into your word this morning. Make us more like Jesus, we pray. In his name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Well, beloved, maybe it's helpful as we as we settle into 1 Timothy 4 this morning to remind us of a little bit of the, the territory we've covered so far. So the Apostle Paul has written this letter to a kind of spiritual child in the faith and co-labor in the gospel named Timothy. He's left Timothy in Ephesus where Paul has planted a church to be the pastor of that church. And in chapter 1, he tells us very, in verse 3, I think it is, he tells us why he's left Timothy there, right? He has urged Timothy to command certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, right? Now, these persons, we're told in verses six and seven, they, they want to be teachers of the law, yet they don't know what they're talking about. They're making up stuff. Uh, they don't know what they're saying. They're throwing people into confusion. By the time you get to the end of chapter one, uh, Paul names a couple of people, Hymenaeus and Alexander, I believe it is. And he says, listen, this is what's happening to those people who are teaching those false things. They've made shipwreck of their faith. So they've heard the truth, they've heard the gospel, but they've gotten sort of enamored with myths. They've gotten enamored with cleverness. And that's drawn them away. That's caused them to swerve from the truth. Now, it's not just a situation where those individuals have hurt themselves spiritually by getting all fascinated with the novel, but they're hurting other people too. So by the time we come down to chapter four, Paul of says, "Hey, in verse one, the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to evil spirits and the teachings of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from uh, foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving." So this effect is not just on the teacher, but it's on the church. The church begins to think wrongly about God's good gifts. They begin to think wrongly about God's creation and common grace, and they begin to live a life of asceticism, denying themselves the good gifts that God gives uh, in an attempt to be right with God. But that's not the gospel path. That's not the way to life. And along the way, Paul has explained, now you should look for spiritual leaders. You should look for elders. You should look for deacons. And chapter 3 tells us, here are the qualifications for uh, elders and deacons. And now, Paul begins to address Timothy directly in verses 6 to 10. In all of the sort of commands and instructions Paul has given so far, he's he's given them to Timothy really on behalf of the church to Inform the church. So he writes uh, in, in the middle of uh, chapter three or the end of chapter three, he says, Look, I want to come to you, but if I'm delayed, I'm writing these things to you so that you may know how people ought to behave in the household of God. Right? So he's been giving Timothy instructions for how to lead the church. And now he comes to address Timothy very specifically and to give instructions to Timothy for Timothy. Now, so he's, he's beginning to tell Timothy the pastor's job description. Right Now, this applies to all Christians, but if Timothy is going to be faithful in his context, this applies most especially to Timothy. Okay? So, if you're thinking about this sermon, you're thinking about verses 6 to 10, there's maybe a question that hangs over these verses. You might frame it a little bit like this. When you're in a city that has pagan religion and myths and false Christian teachers and legalists, when you're in a church that's confused about those kinds of things, and some people are falling away, turning away, and other people are devouring the church and dividing the church, what do you do? How do you handle that? How do you minister? How do you lead through that kind of division and that kind of confusion? Well, that's the that's the point of verses 6 to 10. He tells Timothy that he should be three things if he's going to be a good servant of Christ Jesus in that context. He should be faithful, that's verse six. He should be fit, that's verses seven and eight. And he should be focused, verses nine and 10. Faithful, fit, focus. That's the sort of posture that Paul instructs Timothy to develop and that God instructs us to develop in these confusing and divisive times. First Timothy chapter four, verse six. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. So Paul tells Timothy in verse 6 that my my sort of summary word for it is that Timothy needs to be faithful. He needs to be faithful. See there what he says? Um, Verse 6, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Now, to be faithful, Timothy's got to do two things. He's got to be faithful to tell the church the truth. That's where he starts with that if statement. If you put these things before the brothers and sisters. Well, what things? Well, most immediately, the things that he was just talking about in verses 1 to 5. The warning that in the last days, some people are going to turn away from the faith and devote themselves really uh, unknowingly to demonic teaching. And the instruction that, no, rather than doing that, there is a God who is good and a God who has created a good creation that is meant to be enjoyed if we approach that God in faith and thanksgiving. And Paul is saying, now, you're a good minister if you tell the people these things. And and in the wider context, he probably means everything he said in this letter. Because remember, he instructs Timothy near the end of chapter 2 that um, I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, or chapter 3, if I delay, you may know how to live in the household of God. So he's saying, now, I'm giving you some instruction, and your task is to pass it on, both the warnings and the encouragements. Both the alarms, right, and the affirmations, right? Tell the people about the last day's nature of the Christian walk. That they're going to be walking through landmines, they're going to be walking through pitfalls, they're going to be walking around people who who, who are liable to twist the truth.
0: So don't be Pollyanna, don't be
10: gullible. Test the teaching, test the spirit by the word of God, to see if that's what the word really says. And oh, by the way, it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all warfare and battle. It's it's not all struggle and strife. Your God has created a universe for your enjoyment. He says in chapter six, around verse 17, 18 uh, of this letter, that, that God has given us all good things for our enjoyment. He's in the middle of telling the rich not to trust their riches, but reminding the Christians that everything we have, that God has created, is for our good if received with thanksgiving and faith. So encourage the people and warn the people. There will be struggle, but there will also be joy. Your faithful minister, Timothy, or as he says here in verse 6, you are a good servant of Christ Jesus if you tell The truth to the church. But not just that, Timothy. You got to tell the truth and believe the truth yourself. There's many a man who's preached the gospel that they don't believe, who's preached the truth that they don't believe, who's preached a a life that they don't live. So, Timothy, don't don't be that. Don't be the hypocrite. Don't be like the insincere liars that I was just telling you about in, in verses one and two. Instead, notice what he says in the second half of verse six. He says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. And Those are very similar ideas. The words of the faith, he's talking there about Christian truth. He's talking about Christian theology. He's talking about the kinds of things, again, that he has just mentioned earlier in the letter. So to know the truth about Jesus and his crucifixion and resurrection, to know the truth about repentance and faith and sanctification and glorification, um, you've been trained in those things if you're a good preacher, if you're a good servant. You, you understand the faith, as he said with the deacons back in chapter three, who hold the mystery of the faith with a good conscience. He's, he's basically commending the same thing to Timothy here. Need to hold the truth of the faith with a good conscience. And the next phrase is very similar to it, but I want to suggest that he's emphasizing something different. So not only the words of the faith, but also the good doctrine that you have followed. So words of the faith and doctrine are very similar. But notice now what's different here, that you have followed. You have followed. See, doctrine has led to duty. Belief has led to behavior. Right? Uh, So, this is something that Timothy is not to know just intellectually. This is something Timothy is to walk out. This is something he's to live, he's to put into practice. And he's saying now, you are a good and faithful servant if, in fact, the things you preach and the things you teach are things that you also base your life on. Right? That's part of the faithfulness that Timothy is called to, not just faithful to proclaim. But faithful to practice himself. Right. And beloved, I don't, you may be visiting with us this morning. You're, you're so welcome here. We're so glad to be fellowshipping with you this morning. Maybe you're from another city, another town, another church, et cetera. Can I just encourage you just as I'm encouraging my own congregation now to understand that you really only should ever sit under the ministry of a faithful pastor of one who is faithful to tell you the truth from God's word and faithful though imperfectly faithful to live that truth as best as God's grace enables don't don't like grade on a curve here it's not it's not going to be good for you right there is a problem with grade on the curve if you get a student who did your homework right your your grade you aced the test but them knuckleheads who didn't study you know they got a little extra credit and you got pulled down toward the mean You don't want to be average with your spiritual life. You don't want to be graded on a curve with your spiritual life. Not not in relation to the kind of leadership you take, right? So look for a pastor who line upon line, precept upon precept, teaches you what the Bible says, calls you up into Christ, and whose life you can look at and say, you know what? I'm going to follow him as he follows Christ, right? Whose life appears to you to be an example of what it means to be a faithful Christian. Look down in verse 12. Skipping ahead to next week for a moment. Notice what he says there, verse 11, command and teach these things. So there's the preaching again, right? But notice verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth, but what? Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. That's what you're looking for. That's the job description. That's the kind of faithfulness that the minister of God is called to. That's the kind of faithfulness that the church of God is called to. I hope that's the kind of faithfulness we're praying for, right? And so we should be careful here just to pinch in a little care here that we don't get self-righteous, right? Either in our evaluation of ourselves or evaluation of others, right? So the extent to which we are faithful is, is actually a measure of God's grace in our life. If God were to withhold his grace and say, you go be faithful, you couldn't get out the parking lot. We couldn't, right? Thoughts we don't want rush into our heads. Desires we'd rather not have, they begin to sort of lure us and tempt us, right? Mm -hmm. or, Or we just go into the world and in good faith, we just make mistakes. We just come up short, don't we? So praise God. The standard here is not human perfection in our own strength, right? We want a grace-dependent faithfulness, right? We want a, a God-powered faithfulness, right? And we want to hold that same grace out to others, right, as we apply it to ourselves. And maybe we need to learn to apply it to ourselves. Right? This grace, this kindness of God that we don't deserve, that that teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions while we live self-controlled, sober, and upright lives, waiting on our blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's all grace. Right? So, beloved, look for a pastor who's been shaped by this kind of grace pray for more pastors uh, who are shaped by this kind of grace. And as you're praying through the directory, pray for your brother and sister, that they would be shaped and motivated and led to faithfulness by this kind of grace that comes from God. Amen? So if we're going to survive the confusion of our times, if we're going to in fact prosper in the midst of confusion and division, then we want to be faithful. But we also want to be fit, F-I-T. We want to be fit. Look with me at verses 7 and 8. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So now, over these two verses, Paul has a a kind of word picture in mind, a, a metaphor in mind, that word training. It's the Greek word from which we get our word, gymnasium. So Paul's put us in the gym in these two verses, right? And he's saying, listen, there's some training to do. We need to be fit if we're going to be good servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, first of all, you all tell me that if you're going to train for something athletically, if you're going to train to do this or that competitively, then you got to have a good diet. That's what they tell me. So verse 7 begins with, have nothing to do with irre- irreverent silly myths. Irreverent meaning um, sort of ungodly, disrespectful to God. Silly, you know what silly is it's, it's not serious it's not worthy of the attention really uh, of mature people of Christians, and they're myths they are not they're not truths right and again, this has been part of the problem in Ephesus. Ephesus is the, the a city in the ancient world that is home to um, the the sort of cult of Diana this pagan religion. It's home to many pagan religions and many, many idols. And Paul is saying that that's silly, irreverent, godless mythology. It is not truth. It is not the true God. It is not um, the gospel. So don't have anything to do with that. That is the cotton candy of the spiritual world.
0: It's all colorful, initially flavorful,
10: but it melts on the tongue as soon as you get it. There's no substance there. It doesn't really nourish. It doesn't really feed. It doesn't really build up. It doesn't give you the nutrients you need to be spiritually fit in a context of so much spiritual confusion. So he says to Timothy here, have nothing to do with that. He says to the church, have nothing to do with that. What are the mythologies
0: of our day? Christian and non Christian. Well, you drive
10: downtown to the arena. Just right out there on the corner, you see a bunch of cats with a loud microphone yelling all kinds of things. In the name of God, Hebrew Israelites, just
0: wrong. Wanting to be teachers of the law, but don't know what they're saying. Right? Or what it is they're even talking about. Right?
10: What other kinds of myths and things pervade our day? You know, you turn on the television and it's as frequent as the televisions that we watch, the stations that we watch. You turn over to so-called Christian television, and you'll, you'll have someone who'll tell you that God wants you to be wealthy and healthy and rich and promises you prosperity. All it will cost you is
0: $59 for their little prayer claw. Right? It's mythology. It's irreverent because God has not promised that. It's silly when you think about it. Because how many of us know Christians who are broke? Have faith,
10: but they broke. How many of us know Christians who are sick? They are genuine people of faith. And in fact, you can see it most clearly in the midst of their sickness. Yet they're sick. And that thing gets exported all over the world. But it's irreverent, silly mythology not the truth of God's word. It is spiritual cotton candy. And the largest television programs feature preachers who are always smiling, great big smiles, get lipstick on both ears, they smiling so hard.
0: And they tell you, this is my Bible.
10: I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Now, by the way, I actually like that little saying, <laughs> But if you notice, they actually never talk about what's in the Bible.
0: Silly mythology. Cotton candy. It's alarming how much self-help stuff passes as Christian.
10: It's not rooted in the Bible. Paul says, have nothing to do with it. Don't even trifle with it. Don't even play with it. Go the other way. Run away from it. That's the that's the McDonald's of religious life. Right? That's the hip hop fish and chicken of religious life. Tastes good now. I like hip hop. I, I like that now. They put that little crack pot on it. It's good. Sharks, whoever, sharks. It's fattening, not healthy. It's fattening, not healthy. You're sensing a chaos conversion. (laughs) Let's get back to the book, 7B. So instead of that, notice what he says, rather train yourself for godliness. Get in the gym, notice, for godliness, for godlikeness, for the character of God. Get in the spiritual gymnasium, exercise, press until you are shaped into the spiritual muscles of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't do that eating cotton candy. You got to get in the gym. Right? You can't do that just out there any kind of way, you know, consuming any kind of thing. You've actually got to move on from milk to meat. You've got to move on to the word of God. And you've got to feed upon the word. You've got to feed upon the truth. You've got to then apply the word and apply the truth until you've exercised yourself into godliness. We're going to survive these confusing, divisive times. We've got to be fit spiritually fit. Now, notice, Paul gives an explanation. For while bodily training is of some value, that's how it sounds in the Greek, it's like some value. Bodily exercise is of some value. Godliness
0: is of value in every way.
10: Now, here's what Paul is helping us to do, understand. We live an embodied life. A human being is a soul in a body, and the body is important. Taking care of the body is important. Paying attention to our bodies is important. And the body often has value, has value in terms of experiencing and enjoying the world that God has created. It has value to the soul. If you treat your physical body poorly, it will often have a spiritual impact on it right? So he's saying, taking care of this one body, and that's the thing, we only get one. You, you, there's no store you can go to and say, look, I want to trade in my old body, get a new body. I mean, we might be headed that way because <laughs> all the stuff these people create, right? But right now, there's no store where you can say, hey, look, I won't come in here or trade in my body, right, and and trade bodies. And I, I have yet to watch, watch that crazy movie I don't watch? Oh, yeah. Get Out. I yet to watch that far as I know, there's no, you know, teacup you can sort of stir and little, you know, hocus pocus where you can take over somebody's body and get in somebody else's body, right? You only get one. And your body in a very real sense is you. What you do with it affects you, right? So physical exercise
0: is of some value, but compared to
10: spiritual exercise, It really is only of some value, right? But spiritual exercise, notice what he's saying here, training for godliness has value, has profit, has blessing for this life and also the life to come. It is rewarded both now and forever. To the extent that you look like Christ now, your life is blessed. And guess what? In the life to come, you're rewarded for it eternally. And he says, now listen, if you're going to spend time on anything, yeah, you can go to the gym, but make sure you're in this spiritual gymnasium more than you're in this physical gymnasium. It's all right to have a six-pack abs and rock-hard abs, but let me tell you what old people know. You can't can't keep them forever. You're going to drink that six-pack. You're going to eat that six-pack, and you're going to get a little softer and a little rounder. And you're going to be a little less flexible, right? So you're, you're working out and you can work out till Jesus come. But guess what? Compared to the value you have at 20 or 30, at 60 or 70, it is as valuable. Don't last as long. It's harder to get. It diminishes. It is. It are, it are diminishing returns on physical exercise. So I'm not dogging physical exercise. You like the gym, go to the gym. Right. Stop inviting me, but go. You like the gym, go to the gym, work out, shoot ball, do all those things. Take care of your body. You only get one. It's a stewardship. God's entrusted to us. But beloved, we do err if we spend two or three hours a day in a gym and can't spend two or three minutes in the Bible or in prayer.
0: Hear what our Lord says when he says, If you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what does it profit you? Nothing. There are no
10: awards in heaven for the biggest biceps. There are no awards in heaven from getting down from a 10 to a six. There are no awards. you know there are no beauty contests in heaven? Everything is beautiful. Everything is glorified. We're freed from our sinful notions of beauty. We're freed from our sinful, disordered relationships to our bodies. We are are now rightly ordered to God and to ourselves and glorified together with God. All this stuff we're spending so much time on, that's superficial, will be burned up. And what will be left is
0: what really matters. Godliness. Christ likeness.
10: Conformity to the image of our Savior. And so Paul says here, look, press into this spiritual gym. Get yourself right spiritually. Pursue godliness. It holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So here's the question for us. We're rating our exercise in godliness, one to ten, one being Man, I don't, what is a gym? I don't even know what a gym is. Ten being, I'm, I'm in this spiritual gymnasium
0: all the time working out. Where do we fall?
10: Where do we fall? And if we were to put that next to a question on our physical exercise, and how much time we spend in our physical exercise, where, where do we fall? Are we, are we people with fit
0: bodies and fat souls?
10: Or are we fit? And you can be fit both physically and spiritually. In fact, you can work on being spiritually fit while you're working out physically. Yes. So put on, put on, I don't guess they're not Walkmans anymore. Put in your air, i dating myself. Put in, your, put in your little earbuds or AirPods, whatever them things they're called. Put the Bible on tape in there. Put a sermon in there. Work on memorizing the scripture while you're on the treadmill. You know, lots of things you can do to do both at the same time. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But we don't want to be people with fit bodies and fat souls. Right? Not, not if we want to survive the confusion and the dangers that exist in the world in which we live. We want to be fit. Now, let me say one other thing about this fitness and how you get there. It's not something that you do and I do just individually. So Christianity is not a solo sport. Right, so so if you if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get fit. Let me get my Bible. Let me get my quiet times right. Let me get my let me get a prayer journal. And and every morning, I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier, and, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get in my Bibles, and I'm going to have my quiet time. Quiet time. I want you to think of how many times I just said "I" and "my." It's like trying to max out on the bench without a spotter. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. You're trying to take the whole weight of the Christian life and you're trying to lift it all by yourself. No, no, no. Christianity is a team sport and we need to be spotting each other. Right, And we need to be encouraging each other. We need to be stirring one another up. Like, yo, you got this. One more rep. One more rep. Come on, let's get in for 10 more minutes or whatever. And we need to be helping each other to actually press into Christ and to be conformed together. We need each other in this. We we are meant to be a kind of co-op where we are helping each other. We're training each other in godliness.
0: This is why small groups matter. It's why midweek
10: Bible study matters, right? It's, it's why the triad groups matter and the women's fellowship and the, and the men's fellowship and, and Sunday morning. It's why the Lord's Supper matters, which we'll observe a little bit later. It, we're helping each other, reminding each other, encouraging each other, correcting each other, supporting
0: each other. We are helping each other to train
10: for godliness, for Christ-likeness that we might be shaped more fully into the beauty of the one who saved us. We need each other for that, beloved. We need each other for that. So we want to be faithful. We want to be fit. Notice verses nine and 10. We want to be focused. We want to be focused. We could be in some sense, I guess, faithful. And maybe in some sense fit, but actually not focused. Again, I think that's probably a, A sort of effect of spiritual individualism, right, where we can be sort of doing our own thing but not be doing Christ's thing, right? And so Paul says here in verses 9 and 10, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. The third time he's used that phrase in this letter, and remember when he uses that phrase, he's, he's calling our attention to how important this is. He used it back in chapter one, verse fifteen, when he's talking about the gospel. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost. Uh, he talked about a trustworthy saying in chapter three, verse one, when he began to talk about the qualifications for elders and deacons. Now here he's applying it to this whole conversation about godliness and training for godliness and avoiding myths and avoiding irreverent, silly things. He says this is this is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. And then he says in verse 10, for to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hopes set on the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. And I think in this text, Paul is telling us to be focused in at least two ways, to be focused on the work of the church. That first phrase, for to this end, we toil and strive. What's Paul have in mind? Well, if you were to flip over to Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29, uh, Paul talks there about his striving as, a, as an apostle. He says, him we proclaim that we might um, present everyone mature in Christ. I think maybe he has the same idea in his mind when he's talking here about training to godliness. And so, okay, for that, we labor and we toil. We work and we work hard. It's using two words that that mean the same thing. We strive, we exert ourselves, we give energy to this, right? We dedicate ourselves to this because for Paul, nothing could be more important than that he should present the church as the pure bride of Christ to the Savior when he comes. And, and, and pastoral ministry and our ministry together as a family is involved in the very same task of working with each other, encouraging each other, praying for one another, exercising, training for godliness, that we might together be presented to Christ as a pure bride, radiant, without spot or wrinkle, the bride whom he died for, the bride whom he loves. And Paul is saying here in this first phrase of verse 9, I'm focused on that. I'm I'm focused on that to the point of laboring and striving and toiling. The work of the church is my concern, right? Now, again, it's possible to be sort of individualistic in our spiritual lives and to sort of not give much regard for the work of the church, right? To sort of come to church as a consumer, right? I'm going to go hear the word. That sounds spiritual, and it is in one way. But it could also be sinfully selfish. All I want is the word. When I hear the word, get something from me, I'm out. Uh, that's, not, that's not the Christian life the way the Bible describes it. All right? Or well, we could do that with the singing. Ah, uh, words, God, pass the talk too long. I don't mean to be using them big words. and stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. And, but the singing. Now, after we sing, I could go home.
0: Okay. Church ain't a concert
10: right? That's, that's not the Christian life either, right? Praise God, you're edified by the singing or the preaching or whatever the case it is, or, or the ministry. I love to serve. I've met many Christian. I love to serve. I love children's ministry. That's my ministry. And, and, and I, you can schedule me every Sunday. I don't need to come in there with the rest of the saints. Like, hold up, hold up. Okay, the church is not VBS, right? The church is a family.
0: And we're a family on mission together, Right
10: to make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ from the four corners of the block to the four corners of the globe. All right. So what we need to be bought into as we come back into life together as a church. And as we live in these confusing and challenging times, we need to be bought into the mission and the work of the church. Right? So let me, let me, let me sort of exhort us this way because I realize that some people are maybe looking for churches and, some people are evaluating their commitment even to this church or what have you. So let me, let me help you with that. And I really do mean this as help. I don't mean this as snarky or anything like that. I really do mean this as help.
0: You, you should invest your life, right, work and toil, where you buy the mission, where, where you really are 100% on board with the
10: mission right so so it's not that god's church has a mission it's that god's mission has a church right first comes his mission go into the world make disciples baptizing them teaching them etc that's the mission that's that's what we're on the planet for right so if 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 you go to a church and that's the mission but you want to do something else go somewhere else go somewhere else right but if you go, oh, that's, that's what the Christian life is about. That's what I'm about. That's what I want to be a part of. And how does that get fleshed out in this particular local church, right? Um, oh, okay. So we care about the block and we care about the nations. Um, we, we're trying to sort of show mercy to our neighbors, but hey, we need to receive mercy too. We're trying to be a part of the community. Um, whatever, you know, however that gets in flesh, you need to be on board with that for it to be most profitable for you spiritually and for that church right? So if you've got a church that says, hey, our church is, is Hollywood Baptist Church. We we serve the little Hollywood community of Washington, D.C. That's a fictional community right now. Some gentrifiers might name one that one day, but right now that's a fictional community. We serve Hollywood community, Washington, D.C., and, uh, you know, Hollywood community has these characteristics, and um, we're trying to get into that, right, and make Jesus known in that and to bear witness to that and it has these kinds of needs and and, and we feel called to be sort of supplying or engaging these kinds of needs. But, you don't you, you sort of like, I don't really care about Hollywood. I like to sing and I like to preaching. it. And, and then you get offended because they talk about Hollywood because that ain't where your heart is. Right. Your, your heart is in Dollywood, Virginia. <laughs> right. OK, get your body where your heart is. And serve Jesus there as an integrated whole, right? That's gonna be for your good. That's gonna be for the church's good. That's not, again, that's not shade. That's not being snarky. Just when you get that kind of clarity, then you will labor and toil. You will do the work of the church the way the Lord wants you to. But if you're divided, it's just gonna be hard for you to do it. And, And the more divided people there are in a church, the more divided the church will be, the harder it will be for the church to get in motion with its mission. Because, you know, you're kind of dragging a dead leg. We need both legs, beloved. We need everybody in the game. We need everybody plugged in. We need to be focused on the work of the Lord while it's day, because the night is coming when no man can work. Now, be focused on the work of the church. But notice now, be focused on the God of the church. We focus on the God of the church. He says, for this end, we toil and strive. Why? Why would I toil and strive this way? He says, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. He said, I'm doing all this work because I'm hoping in God. I'm doing all this work, the work of the church, the work of Christ's mission, because I have set my hope not on a dead God, not on a sleeping God, not on a weak God, not on an expiring God. I've set my hope on the living God, the God, the one true and living God who never dies, who will never die. Who in fact gives life to those who believe in his son. This is what Paul means when he goes on to say, not only in the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. Now, don't get it twisted. He's not saying everybody's going to be saved. And then there are some people who are really saved because they believe. Oh, no, 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 beloved. He's only saving those who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Especially might be read something like, let me clarify right? We serve, we have set our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all people. There's one Savior of all of humanity. That's what that means. There is no other Savior. It's just that one Savior of all of humanity and anyone in any part of humanity, black, brown, white, yellow, male, female, old, young, anyone who puts their faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ who was crucified for our sins, buried and resurrected, they will be saved. They will be giving life from this living God. That's what it is to be saved. It's an amazing thing. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but God made us alive again together with Christ. We we were dead, cut off from God, but God put his life in us by his spirit. We became twice born creatures with a new life. And because it's God's life, it's an indestructible life. Because it's God's life, it's an unending life. Because it's God's life, it is a pure and a holy life. That's been placed in those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who brings us back to this living
0: God. That's the good news of Christianity. Dead people. Live again through faith in Christ. He says, Listen, that's my focus. That's that's what
10: I've put my hope in. My hope's not in me. My hope's not in the work that we do for the church, the laboring and striving. My my hope's not even in my spiritual exercises. Do I want to be as godly as I can be? My hope's not even in my evaluation of my own faithfulness. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says something like this He's like, Look, I ain't worried about y'all judging me. I don't even judge myself. But then he says this, but that doesn't make me innocent. The fact that I look at myself and say, I'm good, don't make me right. He says, no, God is the one to whom we have to give an account. And God is able to make me stand. And God is able to make you stand, right? So he's like, look, I, I don't set my hope in my faithfulness. I don't set my hope in my fitness. I'm trying to remain focused on this God who gives life to the spiritually dead, who is the living God with whom we will live forever through faith in him. It's because of him that I work and I strive. You gotta get the focus right because that'll get the reasoning right. And out of that right reasoning will come all of this right living. So he is focused on God, beloved.
0: Where have you set your hope? Try to dig down into that. Really. Where, where have you, where you set your hope? When something you care about doesn't go right, what's your reaction? Is it, is it anger or bitterness or discouragement and
10: despondency? It may be that we react that way emotionally because our hope has been in that thing rather than in God who gives
0: us those things to enjoy. Where's our hope? When we succeed, how does our heart respond in success? What does that tell us about our hope, right?
10: I mean, when we succeed, we, let's trace our praise, right? Where does the praise go? Right? Is it, you know, a fleeting praise God, but then a lot of boasting in us? Or boasting in the work or boasting in the
0: achievement? Or do we boast in God? Right? That'll tell us something about where our hope is. Where have you set your hope this morning? I pray that if you find that
10: your hope is not set on God, you would do what the writer of Psalm 42 and 43 does. He keeps questioning his soul. He says, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Or or maybe it's not that you're downcast. Whatever it is is sort of defining your emotional state. You know, why are you angry, oh, my soul? Why why, why are you confused, oh, my soul? What, whatever it is, you know, get that thing. Why, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? And he kind of grabs himself by the spiritual collar and he says several times in both of those Psalms, hope in God, hope in God, hope in God. He keeps bringing
0: himself back to that, hope in God. That's where we need to be. And with hope in God, we get all that God is and all that God gives. Hoping in God, despite appearances, will never be a failing strategy. Ever. Because this God who lives never fails. He never fails.
6: He never fails. fails.
0: Father, we confess that like Timothy, we live in crazy times. There's confusion everywhere about everything. People are confused about who you are and how to come to you. People are confused about what life is for, how to live it. People are are sincerely and genuinely confused even about their identities. Lord, in the midst of this confusion, we pray that you would give, give your church and give the world clarity. Rooted in the truth
10: rising from your heart. Give us clarity and conviction and help us to set our hope on you, the living God. Maybe there's one here this morning who needs to do that for the first time. They realize that they are hopeless and without you. Lord, help them to place their hope in you, knowing that hope in you would never fail, that you have promised in Jesus that you would make them new creatures, give them eternal life. Your life would be placed in them through faith in Jesus and you would wipe away all of their sins and all of their disobedience and you would count them righteous. Let them know that. Let them hold that truth for themselves with genuine faith this morning. Give them clarity that Jesus died for them and rose again, that they would have eternal life. And for those of us who have believed, Lord, let us not wander away into irreverent, silly myths, Lord, but rather give us grace to train for godliness, to really exert ourselves to be like you. This life that you have placed in us, let us do the work of removing things that, that keeps it bottled in us, but let us remove those things so that that life might express itself more fully. They might just burst
0: out through us onto the world. Let us have hope, Lord, for, for
10: spiritual fitness, for, the, for victory over sin, for perseverance in the midst of doubt, um, for, for humility uh, at all times. Lord, let us have hope that you would work in us what we
0: need most to be like you. Lord, we pray that you would keep us faithful until the end. Faithful to you, faithful
10: to your truth, faithful to the church. That everything that you have instructed here in these few verses, would be true of each of us individually
0: and all of us as a church family. Lord, by your grace and your power, do this work in our souls, we pray. Let us have fit bodies, but more importantly, fit souls. For your glory and for our joy, for this present life and for the life to come, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.
10: We praise God for His Word, and we praise God for His presence with us in all things. And He has been kind to leave us a reminder of His presence with us, uh, for us to, as it were, re-dramatize from time to time. That reminder is the Lord's Supper. Uh, The Supper uh, is a meal. In the early church, it was a literal, an actual meal um, that the Christian community would eat together uh, in order to remind themselves of Jesus' sacrifice for them and remind themselves of what they could anticipate in Jesus' coming and his kingdom. Because he promised that he would eat this meal with us in the Father's kingdom. Uh, This meal is actually another way of preaching the gospel, right? He says, as often as we do this, we do proclaim. We proclaim, we remember his death until he comes again. And so this is one place where the whole Christian family preaches simultaneously that Jesus is Lord, that He is crucified, buried, and resurrected. We celebrate this because the Lord instructed us to. In Matthew chapter 26, the passage from which we get the phrase, the Lord's Supper, he is sitting down with his disciples about to take the Passover meal. And in the midst of this meal, He does a couple of things. He he redefines the meal, not in terms of the exodus and Moses, but in terms of his own death on the cross for our sins. And and in the midst of this meal, he he actually speaks to the disciples' hearts about whether or not they were really with him. One fellow named Judas wasn't. It was exposed in that meal, and so this meal has always had the the sort of power of exposing for us the weaknesses of our flesh, the weaknesses of our discipleship, not as condemnation, but as another invitation to come get more grace, to feed upon Christ again, to be reminded that he's already died for those weaknesses, those corruptions, those sins, and they've already been forgiven, nailed to the cross, And, and we can remember that. And go forward in his grace. Go forward, in fact, in joy. And here's the passage in Matthew 26, beginning in verse 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. For over 2000 years, Christians have been doing this simple thing of breaking
0: bread, eating it. Blessing the cup,
10: drinking it, and remembering Jesus. Now, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 that we should do this in a worthy manner. We should do this discerning the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, recognizing whether or not we have a part in his body, whether or not we are Christians. Right? And he reminds us or teaches us in First Corinthians 11 that this is, this is really a meal intimately shared between Christ and his people. Right? So it's our practice here to invite Christians who may be visiting with us from other churches, who preach the same gospel you heard here, uh, or Christians who may be between churches who, who believe this gospel. We, we invite you to take this supper with us because we want to reflect the unity of the body of Christ, not just in this local church, but spiritually and universally. But it's also our practice here to encourage those of you who are not yet Christians not to take this meal not because we want to make you feel awkward and excluded um, in some kind of judgmental way, but because we want you to consider the truth that you are not yet inside the Christian church as part of Christ's body. And to consider what that means, to be cut off from his grace, to be cut off from his saving love. And in considering that, we want to invite you to Rather than eat this meal and, and sort of gloss over all of that, we want to invite you to consider that seriously and to instead put your faith in Jesus right now. Call upon him. Confess your sins to him in prayer. Ask for his forgiveness. Ask for a new life. Ask him to save you. It's a he always answers. So we want to invite you to do that. As we take this meal. And if you do that, we want to invite you to let us know after this service so we can pray for you, encourage you, uh, and help you in any way that we can. Now, if you're also here and you're a member of a church and for some reason, uh, some good biblical reason, they have instructed you not to take the supper because they're trying to get you to consider some aspect of your life that's not in keeping with Christ, we would ask you not to take the supper here too. We don't want to undermine the spiritual care your pastors are trying to give to you, they're trying to be faithful to you in addressing that issue in your life, consider that. Don't take the supper. Pray. Ask the Lord for grace to repent and to walk worthy uh, in a manner worthy of the gospel. If you're here this morning and you're coming from a church where you've been battered and bruised, uh, misused and mistreated, and maybe the supper has been used not as an invitation but as a weapon, we want to invite you to come to the
0: supper. Come, hear the Lord say again that you are
10: his, that he gave himself for you, that he's going to drink this with you in his kingdom and eat with you again in his kingdom. Right? So please don't, don't let hurt and harm from other places keep you from the place that Jesus sets, the table that he sets to meet you at. Amen. Well, church family, if you're members of church, on page nine you'll find our church covenant. This is um, a statement that churches have historically adopted uh, as a way of summarizing what the Bible teaches about how we live together as a Christian community. I want to invite us to take a minute this morning uh, to read it quietly and prayerfully, and after you've had a moment or two to to read through it individually. Um, I'm going to lead us in
6: reciting it collectively.
0: we invite the members of Anacostia River Church to please stand and let's renew our covenant
10: with the Lord and with each other. Having been brought by God's grace to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we now in dependence upon his spirit resolve to live by faith and so establish this covenant with each other. By God's grace, we will submit to the authority of the scriptures as the final word on all matters of life and doctrine. We will work and pray for the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. We will be devoted to one another in brotherly love with humility and gentleness. We will patiently bear with each other, forgiving, encouraging and building one another up, exercising watchfulness over each other and admonishing one another when necessary. We will not neglect to gather together or to pray for ourselves and others. We promise to bring up our children and youth in the training and instruction of the Lord and by a pure and loving example to seek the salvation of our family and friends. We will rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, helping to carry each other's burdens. We will seek by God's help to live carefully in this world, denying ungodliness and worldly passions. We will strive to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age as we wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will defend and maintain an evangelical ministry in this church by supporting and upholding the preaching of the word of God, the admission of the gospel sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper, and the exercise of church discipline. We will contribute cheerfully, generously, and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. We will, when we move from this place, as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.
0: Amen. Please be seated. Has everyone been served who wishes to be served? Okay.
10: Well, again, what we do goes all the way back to the actions of our Savior on the night that he was betrayed. He was gathered together with his disciples, and he took the bread, and he broke it, and he took the cup, and he blessed it. We want to pray now and ask the Lord to bless these ordinary elements And to make them spiritual food by faith uh, for those of us who feed upon it. Let's pray together. Father, we do come to you now to ask your grace. That you would bless this meal. That we would take it in faith. Believing that you exist and you are the rewarder of those who diligently seek you. We pray that by this meal you would train us in godliness. That you would help us, O Lord, to set our hope on you, the living God. To remember, O Lord, that you have promised those who believe upon you will be saved from the coming judgment against the world for sin. We do come now, Lord, to confess our sins and to, to acknowledge that we have fallen short of your glory. We have done things that we did not wish to do, that we know displease you. We have failed to do things that you have called us to, things that we know would have honored you. We have sinned intentionally, and we have sinned unintentionally. And we are in need of your mercy for it all. And we thank you, Lord, for this table, which reminds us of your mercy, reminds us of your sacrifice, reminds us that our sin has been washed by your blood. We bear it no more.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we do not wear
10: a coat of guilt, but of forgiveness. Thank you that we are not dressed in the raggedy rags of sin and rebellion, but we are dressed by faith in the righteous, spotless robes of Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, that this world finally is not our home but you have gone and prepared a place for us. In your Father's house are many mansions, and Lord, we each have one, a place in your kingdom
0: where there is only life and love and light. Feed us, O Lord, by this meal. Consecrate these elements. Make them holy, the wafer and the juice, the body and the blood, and strengthen us, O Lord, for faithful witness, for fit witness, for focused witness. In these confusing and dangerous times, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So we do as they did on that first night. We take the body and we break it. We eat together by faith. In the same way they did on that first night, we take the cup symbolizing his blood shed for us. And in faith, we drink it, Let's drink together.
10: And The Bible says in Matthew 26, verse 30, that after they had done this, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. They ended this meal singing, anticipating this kingdom and the coming of the Savior. And so we do the same. We end our service this morning singing praises to this glorious living God. We invite you to stand this morning as the praise team leads us.
8: the bridge, the course, um, and I just want to take time to reflect, um, Pastor, she referenced Psalm 42 at the end of
1: it, this idea of giving
8: hope, um, and so whether you want to close your eyes, there's a verse that the Lord continually uses to encourage
1: you, I want to ask you to just reflect, speak to your
0: own soul, it's like, it is well, even in the good and the bad, it is well, because God is still on the throne, amen.
1: So let go, my
2: soul, and trust in him. The ways and ways still know
1: his name. So let go, my soul, and trust in him. The ways and ways still know his name so I say so let go my
2: soul and trust in him the waves and winds still know his name sing so so let go my soul And trust in him
1: The waves and the winds Still know his name So we sing it as well It it is is well
2: well, It is well With my soul it It is well It is well my soul, sing over myself, I say it is well,
3: it is
2: well, with my, with my soul. It, as well. it is well it is well it is well with my soul it is well lord it is well it is well with me with my Because he rules and reigns over everything It is well With my, with my, with my With my soul It is well It is well It is well With my So I'll sing through it all. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you.
1: And through it all, through it all, it is well. In every season.
2: Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And
1: And it is is well with me. me. One more time, through it all. And through it all, through it
2: all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, through it all,
4: it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you.
1: It is well with me. Let's do that one more time. Just the voices sing with us. Through it all. And
6: through it all, through it all,
2: my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, through it all, it is well. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And it is
6: well with me. Amen.
4: This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washing in blood. Stand and blood. sing, Mr. Frank Lothar,
1: stand and sing.
4: Oh, this is my story.
2: Perfect submission, perfect Perfect delight This is the rapture, rapture. now burst on my side Angels Angels descending, ring from above Goes a mercy, mercy. whispers of love Say, This
4: is my story. This is my story. This is my my song.
2: song. Praising my savior. All the day long. This is my story. This is my song. This is my song. Oh, praising the Savior, praising my Savior, all the day long.
6: Perfect submission,
2: submission. all is at rest, I in my Savior am Am happy and blessed, watching Watching and waiting, Looking looking above. Filled
4: with his, good. with his goodness, lost, in his, lost in his love. Oh, this is my story.
2: This is my story. This is my song. Praise my, my Savior all the day long. This is, this, is song. This, is this is my story. This Sul- is my song. Praising my Savior. All the day long. Say this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. All the day long. So sing. Sing. This is my song This is my song. Praising my Savior, all the day long. Oh, we're praising the same Praising my Savior, all the day long. All the day long. Oh, praising the same Praising my Savior, the day long. All the day
6: long.
10: Amen. Amen. There we go. Amen. Amen. Fanny Crosby was in the spirit when she wrote this one, man. I love this. I, I love its meditation on the day when we will see Christ. And more than that, I love that it's a song of personal testimony. You see the refrain, this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. I pray that's everyone's testimony this morning. And if it's not, it can be. Even before you leave this day, you can call upon the name of the Lord, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. And this becomes, in that moment, your story and your song becomes your future. Amen? Two other very uh, quick announcements called Brother Dave Forward. Uh, Sister Christy has left a box of books out in the lobby, um, free for the taking. She's been cleaning off her bookshelf. She said, you see something that interests you, you are welcome to it. Take it. It's yours. If you see stuff you don't like, she ain't vouching for everything. All right. So uh, take what you like and enjoy what you like. And uh, Brother Dave, come.
7: Hey, quick announcement, Church. Um, Yesterday, thank you, Lloyd, for hosting the men's ministry and for... First for organizing. Quick recap for those who weren't there. We had Deepak from Capitol Baptist. He shared with us on sexual purity. And today at 1 p.m. in my house, we're going to do just a quick debrief for anybody who either wants to talk more. If you're thinking about that yesterday and say, what are next steps? How do I kind of link arms with brothers to think through this more? Uh, It's a good opportunity for you. Or if you weren't there and you like to talk about it, it's going to be one. And we're going to end promptly at two. So you can go watch football, get the rest of your Sunday going. Uh, my address is 2247 14th Street, but a lot of people know where I live. So turn to somebody and say, where is Dave's house? Okay. So.
10: What? I like it. Where's Dave's house? <laughs> 1 to 2 p.m. 2247 14th Street, Southeast. Southeast yep. don't, don't be going up Northeast, Northwest somewhere. Get arrested. Southeast.
7: And bring your own lunch. And bring your own lunch. Food. I'm sorry. Or just don't.
10: Yeah. So bring your own lunch. So if you if you're hungry, <laughs> feed yourself. <laughs> or feed on the word, all right? All, all the brothers are welcome. All hearts and minds clear. The Lord means our gathering to be for our edification, not not for our offense, um, not for our unsettledness. He means to settle us in his truth and into the welcome of his church. I pray that you felt that from the spirit today. I pray that you go with that. Hear now the blessing of the Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all both now and
6: forevermore. Amen. Please be seated. Praise God, from whom all blessings
2: flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.
0: Amen. Amen. Be blessed, church.